How do you nurture creativity? There's a constant competition for your time and your attention. Spending your time on creating things takes on many forms. Some use it as a means to an end. Others are hyper-focused on introducing something new and never before seen. Others identify challenges to solve. At Macon, it's more than just stories about unexpected connections within creative culture. It's a mindset of respecting the players in culture, how they interact with each other, and our personal standards towards what we put out. It's also about a unified community with a global mindset who wants to learn and empower each other. Now, as one of the newer members of Macon, I found this experience of building Macon much different than anything I've ever encountered. In its infancy, there's still so much to be done. It seems paradoxical to say this, even though we're still figuring things out, there's a great sense of purpose and understanding with what we're looking to achieve. There's a shared vision amongst all of us, but that doesn't mean we've gone without our disagreements. To put it out there, I've witnessed a heated exchange over cardboard tubing. Regardless, having a deeper understanding pushes you to put your best foot forward and try your best to make a difference. No one here has all the answers and we'll all be the first to admit that. Starting new allows you to rebuild systems. We finally have the luxury to take a step back, carefully consider what we're doing, and then strive to do things effectively, efficiently, and as creatively as possible. Representing all of this in a brand motif is a daunting challenge to say the least, even for the most seasoned artist. So when we heard about Jordan Sawyer's of instrument and his interest in abstract painting, we jumped at the opportunity to commission a motif for the brand. The fit for us seemed really perfect in a lot of ways, just because I think from what you guys were looking to do and, and kind of the world that I was playing in with painting, like I think the one thing that I felt that mattered most was that we had an alignment and values and also kind of saw that, you know, maybe this piece about unexpected connections and how creativity is messy could, you know, the style that in the world that I'm in and the style in the world that you guys are in could actually like complement each other. When Jordan began working on this, an initial excitement didn't necessarily translate into something he instantly loved. Instead, there was a part of him, a part that has been no different in his professional career, that began to creep in. It's an indicator of the standards he holds himself to. I think there was like a, a lot of excitement initially, and then when I got downstairs and started painting, I was like, okay, you know, after you do it for an hour and you're not getting anywhere, you kind of begin to get stressed or, or worried that what you're going to make isn't going to be up to par of what you really think it should be. From an actual brand side, the Macon Blue doesn't always translate as a dominant monocolor, and the other shades such as black and white don't offer much distinction. Therefore, it became imperative to think in broader terms. How do you find another way to communicate a message around your brand and your initiative? Creating this, and even telling the story around this, might seem superfluous, but it's a look into our thought process of what makes the cut and what things we attach ourselves to. Truthfully, 
We could have elected for any medium, analog or digital, to express our perspective, and no one would have questioned us for using a straight, clean digital image. But this approach was so much more rewarding. By day, Jordan's an interactive art director, designer, and developer at Instrument. And by night, he's a painter. For Jordan, the biggest difference between design and painting is pretty straightforward. Design is a problem-solving process, while painting is not influenced by business goals. You can simply paint for the sake of creating. I'm still a designer at heart, and in the analog context, I still create things that, I still see something that I, let's say, colors or an arrangement that a painter has done, and I kind of want to bring that into what I make in the analog world. So I could say it's still visually led, but by the time you leave that piece of inspiration or you begin painting, the piece is going to turn out totally different than what you remember you wanted to incorporate. Like if it's a series of colors or if it's a type of texture, some point along the way, it turns out totally different. And there's like a complete lack of control there. Like I can't replicate the same thing over and over. So every time I try to do something, it's very new. Jordan's approach to creating needed to be redefined in an analog and paint-based medium. It flew in the face of what it was like in a pixel-driven world when pixels are at your control. It's the converse when it comes to painting, when ultimate control must be ceded to the paint and the surroundings. With the analog and the painting world, it's different because sometimes you will paint for 10 seconds and something kind of happens with the situation and you realize like this is totally not what I expected or anticipated and I just like need to walk away. And other times it's like, you totally mess something up and you like leave completely disappointed because you spent an hour or whatever trying to make something work and the next day you come back down and you can layer over it or rip it off. And so with painting, there's there's definite moments of where the situation kind of like exceeds you as a, as a painter or as a creator and has like this thing on its own to where the best move you can make is just kind of step away from it. Once Jordan is set up and ready to go, he begins to draw inspiration from an idea in his head. From there, his paintbrush touches the paper and the unpredictable nature of it all takes over. That's either just within painting and realizing that there's a moment to pause and wait for paint to kind of do its thing because it's highly liquid, or like bringing it to the screen and like affecting it there. So to tell you the truth about like how I created this brand motif for you guys, it's completely like unplanned. It was like highly accidental. Jordan further examines his efforts and explains the approach. It wasn't something that could be planned. They have a life on their own and the way that you work with these is through different viscosities and how they work together. And after like so many studies, like there was like this approach that I found that I really was liking. And so I just kind of took that and blew it up on a larger canvas and took my time and tried to, tried to replicate it, but still it, it turned out in a, a way that there were a lot of things that I had to kind of crop out. I mean, it's almost like how certain painters will just crop out a certain area of the canvas that they like most. And so what you guys see in, in the piece that I sent you is like, it's only just a, 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 probably like 60% of what I really made. 
In a digital work environment, we take the ability to go back in time and undo subtle mistakes for granted. However, the beauty of painting lies in the unexpected, and there are times where the best thing to do is to put the brush down and stop painting. Creativity is messy, and like my mind instantly jumped to like this chaos that I've experienced in previous paintings that I've made. So there's like kind of like this a little bit of a previous experience of something that you know maybe I could start there. What I was thinking is like I was initially leading up with this idea called like the fabric, where if we're talking about unexpected connections and things that kind of flow together, the actual make and color palette translated quite well and set the foundation. The process, at times, seemed almost too refined and too round, requiring an additional touch of chaos, if you will. I was thinking that something with like really high contrast, so like a black background with these white like little threads that kind of go in between each other and kind of like represent like something that it's really atmospheric and textural. And I think in terms of my process, I explored marbling. I like took different designs and marbling and kind of transplanted that to paper to see like you know is this something that imbues like the piece and I, what I thought there was like okay it feels there's too much roundness to it so it needs to be more chaotic in a sense of like really like making things not feel the same or with the same curvature. One of the most important technical elements to help create the Macon fabric was actually discovered by accident. From brushes to breath it was arguably the perfect, unexpected connection towards creating what you see before you. I took out all these small little 8 by 11 papers and I just started painting on them with black laying down and then I would take this white and I would kind of scatter it across the piece. Surely enough, it was me blowing on a piece realizing that what happened is the paint separated in a really cool way that had these little web-like textures emitted from where I was blowing. From there, what I did after it dried, I took it to a scanner and scanned it in and then in Photoshop cropped out a certain area and started airbrushing pieces and really curating the look and shadowing certain areas. That was really like how I led up to this piece. Creating and completing this was the start of one single process. The next one, where to use it, is another thing we have to consider. We've had a loose idea of how to apply the Macon fabric but its execution wasn't meant to fulfill one particular tangible goal. Its reason was born out of a challenge to represent Macon beyond the boring, expected ways that currently exist. In a world of limited time and resources, question what you do and why you do it, and then make it.